You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This one is season one. It's episode 52, and we're calling this the Cubs winner of discontent. I'm Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show on 670 The Score. The guys are live 532.10. I'm live from 5 to 530 as a little warm-up act. And, of course, we are the radio home of all things Cubs baseball. As always, I'm joined by my buddy, Crowley, Crowley, I hope you had a fantastic uh, Thanksgiving. You're going to have to tell me and the uh, listeners about your uh, trip to Wrigley, of course, during Thanksgiving break. You can't even leave it alone during the holidays. How are you on this Monday? I'm not as good as Jose Abreu's agent, I'll tell you that. But don't forget to listen, download, review, share, and most importantly, subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to follow all our socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter and Instagram. Fly the W on Facebook or email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. All right, so the uh, season one, episode 52, Crawley, we called this one the Cubs Winter of Discontent. We're asking that as a question because uh, thankfully the winter has just begun. We're a couple days away from December, but free agency has been open and the Cubs have basically done Nothing, and we don't want to bury the lead, but one of the guys that we've been talking about on this podcast that Bruce Levine told us a while ago was on the Cubs' radar was Jose Abreu, and he is not going to take the red line from 35th and Shields up to Clark and Addison. Instead, he's going to get on probably a private jet, and he's going to head down to Houston where he's going to make uh, $60 million, Crowley, over the next three years and play first base and DH for the uh, world champion Astros. Yep, three years, $60 million, $20 million a year, and, uh, you know, Houston saw what they wanted, and they went for it, and that's what good teams do. And I'm not going to lie to you, I'm frustrated about this situation because we talk, you know, as you said, we talked about this, and when you talk about Jose Abreu, you're talking about a guy that checks a lot of boxes. First off, he's a former MVP, right? He's a guy that has good leadership qualities. He's a guy that can work, especially with the Latino players, and he's that perfect bridge between what we hope is a long career for Matt Mervis, but it, it doesn't put all the pressure on Matt right away. And so, you know, you, you have a guy that last year hit 304. He was an MVP a couple seasons ago. And instead, now you're looking at lesser targets instead. And that's just frustrating, you know? I get the frustration. But if they get a, a Carlos Correa and then they pair Matt Mervis with a Josh Bell, um, how would you feel about that? You know what? Here's the thing. It's, it's not really about, it's more about being aggressive, going after your targets and, and not sitting on your hands. You want to sit there and not want to set the market. That's fine. But what you end up doing in this situation now is instead of going for your one, a, now you're going to one B and you don't want to go down to one C. Right. And so you don't want to sit there in the situation again, where you have nobody at first base. You had no power. You had no average. First base was a black hole last year. Now Schwindel was injured, right? And, you know, and, and that is what it is. But, but you have to have somebody in there that can play for power, that can play some defense. If you're asking me, Jose Abreu or Josh Bell, who do I want my team for the next three years? It's Jose Abreu every day of the week. So go out there. You know you need that first baseman. It could, was an integral part of the plan. And then you didn't do it. You let Houston come in and swoop you, you know, and get the player that you really wanted. And and that, again, that's why we say the winter of discontent. If we get Carlos Correa, then yes, we're, we're all going to be a lot happier. But this isn't, a, this isn't a good sign right here, Dustin. That's all I'm saying. It, it is, a, is, it is a bad barometer. I wanted it to start. We're, yeah. we're going to talk about the... 
I agree with you. I agree with you. That's not the way you wanted this thing to start whatsoever. And we're talking about winter, right? Winter, and so winter means winter meetings. Those start up um, this Sunday out in San Diego, and the Cubs have had some really good winter meetings and some not-so-great winter meetings. But, Crowley, I'm hoping that a week from right now, a week from right now, when we're probably recording episode number 53 or 54 or 55, depending on what's happening between now and then, that we're going to have some really big news to talk about. Well, that's the hope because I'm telling you right now that this winter meeting is a big deal for Jed and Carter, right? To say that is an understatement. Right now, we talked about the low attendance, the low marquee ratings. You traded the World Series core. You can't even sell out CubsCon right now, and it hasn't been around for two years. So what does that tell you about the excitement level of the fans right now? You have to do something to electrify the fan base, okay? Uh, in the winter meetings of 2006, Jim Hendry closes a deal from a hospital bed while undergoing an EKG <laughs> to get Ted Lilly, okay? Legendary, right? And Ted Lilly was a big part of a lot of those teams that did well in 2007, 2008, 2009. Uh, Theo and Jed bring John Lester to the north side during the winter meetings of 2014 that kicks off the, one of the most successful runs in modern Cubs history, including a World Series. And at the world's, at winter uh, meetings in 2015, the Cubs signed future World Series MVP Ben Zobris. Yeah. But I, I'm telling you, Dustin, you got to make a splash. They have plenty of salary room to work with, and that's why the Obreu thing is frustrating to me. If you're telling me we're going to come out of this offseason with uh, – Drew Smiley and Dansby Swanson is that going to work for you, Dustin? Is that no, that will you? no, that that will not sell tickets. No, that will not help the marquee sports ratings, and that will not get one person who's sitting on the fence right now about whether to drop three bills and go to CubsCon to show up. No, mm -mm. no, nope. and so what you're doing right here is you want to get one of the big free agents. Okay, the Cubs payroll's projected to be at 120 million dollars. You're nowhere near the the luxury tax threshold. Okay, and then keep in mind that Jason Hayward's 22 million comes off the books after next season, after the 2023 season. So you have money. And what I keep saying and where I'm frustrated from is that you the Cubs are targeting supposedly many a top free agents. But guess what, Dustin? So are a lot of other teams. So are 15, 16, 17 other teams. And what bothered me is that, you know, there was a lot of quietness. Right. Nobody really kind of knew because there hasn't been winter meetings traditionally like they normally have the last couple of years. Um, the CBA has kind of changed since then. And so you're sitting here and you had a whole week, right, to do something. You had a whole week to do something. And there was a couple of minor moves made. The White Sox signed Clevenger, no big deal, nothing on that. You know, the, I know Houston signed, or I'm sorry, Pittsburgh signed somebody. It, it, nothing big, right? Nothing that got you going. So for me, why not come out and be aggressive and be the first one to make a move? And so, you know, John Heyman, Odyssey Baseball Insider, he's a frequent guest on uh, 670 The Score, you know, has eight teams going for Carlos Correa. Keep that in mind here. And the Twins have made multiple offers between six and ten years. So that was what got me, Crowley. John was in studio with Mully and Haw a week ago Tuesday, Tuesday before uh, Thanksgiving. And he said that his money would be on Correa going back to the Twins because the Twins owner is one of the top three or four richest owners in all of baseball. And he's willing to spend. So yep. that, that, that that's the thing here is, again, you're, you're not going to get if, – if you're going – you get what you pay for. 
And so if you want the best, you're going to have to pay for it. Guess who else is in on, uh, on Correa? The Giants, the Dodgers, the Phillies. If the Braves can't re-sign Swanson, they may jump into it, right? So these are all teams. These are all sharks circling around the same target right here. Kodai Senga, who I've brought on this show numerous times, right? He's younger than every other starting pitcher available on the free agent market other than Zach Eflin. And so he has plenty of suitors. He met with the Rangers before Thanksgiving. He's also met with the Mets, the Giants, and the Padres. The uh, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, all interested. And so what are you going to do, Jed? Are you going to sit on your hands or are you going to make a move? Trey Turner, he may want to reunite with Bryce Harper and Philly. He may go to Seattle. Giants might want him. You got the Orioles and Red Sox in the mix, right? There's a lot of reports saying that Turner wants to play out in the East Coast. Um, we'll see what happens. And then as I was writing in the script, Jose Abreu, you know, with the Astros were interested, the Padres, the Red Sox. My point about all this, Dustin, here is that the, these are teams right now that are going to be aggressive and make moves. And when you talk about these names, here you go, the Yankees the Mets with Steve Cohen, right? Uh, the Red Sox, the Dodgers. All of these teams are all going to sit there. And, and if you want to sit there and wait for the best deal, I think I'll just wait around and see how the market bears out. The second one domino falls, now you're in all sorts of trouble, okay? So let's say Correa gets picked off. Then there's going to be a race for Turner. And if you didn't fall in for that Turner, then everyone's going to be going for Bogarts. And it's not like you're going to get much better deals. Like you're going to sit there and walk away paying 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars less for the second guy that you want. Would you agree with me though like on Correa is an example that it, let's say Correa gets 300 million dollars over the course of uh 8 years from the Twins. Let's just let's just throw that out there. But we're working off of that number. I think the Cubs can get Bogarts for 100 million less. 100 million less than you get Correa for. 100 million less, uh, you know, if that's the case, you obviously you're going to take a look at that. And it's not like Bogarts is like a horrible player. My concern, no. my concern no. is, is think of this like a game of musical chairs, right? You're sitting here, the music's playing, everybody's walking around, waiting for some, waiting for that moment. That moment happens and everybody dives for a chair, right? So somebody's going to sign one of these four, Correa, Turner, Bogart, and Swanson. Somebody's going to sign them. When that music, when that, when, when that first person gets that first chair, then everybody's diving. You don't want to be the person sitting there without a chair. All right. You're out then at that point. So imagine Dustin, let's say they don't get any of the four. How does the off season look to you then? Um, really, really bad. Unless it's, unless now all of a sudden you're talking about um, Sanga, they, they get Sanga and um, who, you know, like Sanga right, exactly. and <laughs> Swanson, you know, um, you bring in a, a Justin Turner maybe to play third base. You know, you think that's enough to win the division, not going to win the World Series, but enough to win the division and get you back to October baseball, something like that. You know, I, I just I think we deserve better than just that. You know what I mean? We know the NL Central has been crap lately as far as the division's concerned. And again, you know, if, if you're not willing to go for Jose Abreu and you're not willing to go for Correa or Turner, what makes you think they're going to go for Sanga? And what makes you think that another team isn't going to outbid you and get you into your uncomfortable zone? Yeah. Again, gonna, Steve yeah. Cohen has no problem with that. The, the, the Mets are losing literally three-fifths of their rotation to free agency. 
So I just don't see I just don't see Jed, and I this is not going to go over well. And I'm not thrilled about it. I'm just I would be willing to bet that Jed is not going to be the first buyer in this shortstop market. Somebody's going to go before. That doesn't mean it's going to be Correa, but somebody's go, one of those big four are going to go somewhere before the Cubs. That's my prediction. That, you um, know what? And I just don't think he. I just don't think they want to set the market. And that's fine, but then you may end up on the outside looking in. And, well, your and, musical chairs, your musical chairs reference was a good one. Right, Absolutely and so one. you're out, and then you, you know, it's. I don't think Kodai Sanga is going to be. And I, if you're telling me Justin Turner, no, I don't think that. I don't think that wins the division. I don't think that puts you over the Cardinals. No, I don't. I, I'm concerned about the offense. I'm concerned about center field. Cody Bellinger is another name that has a bunch of teams all interested in, and you're not going to be comfortable doing that. And so it's, it's, you're looking at a situation now where you, you have holes at first base, shortstop. I don't know how confident you are at third base. Catcher, well, I was going to say third base, third, third base is, is that too, right? I mean, okay. Pa- Patrick wisdom, probably the cheap alternative first base DH can play third in a pinch guy. I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm just not, I, I, you need depth. You saw what yeah, happened. They've got last zero. Season. Yeah. They've got zero depth. You yeah. got no depth. And so I, I'm looking at this as, as there were moves to made to kind of fortify your situation. I hate to say, what if, what if Matt Mervis come, the guy we're, we're pinning all our hopes on Matt Mervis who had one really great phenomenal season of minor league ball. And, and don't, don't discount my, Matt Mervis. What he did was incredible. I'm just saying you better have a, another backup plan in case that doesn't work out. And, 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 you know, one of, one of the best options is off the table now because you didn't want to spend. This is a big boy team, Dustin. This is, we're not, you know, I hate to even say the Padres because look what the Padres are doing. Okay. We're not the Pirates. We're not the Marlins. You, you, you can sit there and nickel and dime this stuff. Right. These we are supposed we money. are supposed to be the Chicago Cubs. You are right. You You're are a major correct. market team. Act like it. Right. This was the guy you wanted, and you let him go to the world champion Houston Astros. That's a failure on your part. 